listening to It's Complicated with your hosts, Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is roll when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. And we are your resident best friends, here to help you along your relationship journey. That's right. We're your very own fun fairies, here for you, sprinkling joy and love dust all over the process of dating because it takes a village to date, and we are your community. And you can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell a friend. Share the show, you guys. We want to bring you fabulous offers, and this is all part of that. It keeps the lights on for us to keep running the village over here when you share. So please tell a friend. And also, speaking of friends, thanks, BC Row, for listening. Uh, we hope that we continue to keep your work days very exciting. You guys all know how important it is that we keep it real on this show. Every single week, we tell you how we feel, and you know we're very vulnerable, and we carefully pick guests that bring the same raw honesty to. And we also feel like in your personal life, it's really important to use your voice and your honesty when dating or with your partner. It's really imperative that you express what you want without compromising your core values in order to feel safe and secure and happy and loved. We think, you know, it's hard to do that, but you really have to try to throw out all those dumb reservations. Stop worrying about, you know, seeming too desperate or scaring off a guy, or if your girlfriends think you're being too picky, or if that all makes you single for the next handful of years, or maybe you want to be single, who cares? Whatever the fuck you want, guys. If you want to forego a painful waxing appointment and let it all grow out, then just do you. And we're going to help all of us out with some undeniably fun and honest sisters, hosts of the Unwaxed podcast, Sistine and Sophia Stallone, who are going to dish on first dates, oh, when the right time to meet the family is, the thrills of online dating, and how to spot those good old terrible red flags. Ugh, those buggers. A native of L.A., Sophia Stallone is a recent graduate of the University of Southern California, where she studied communications and entrepreneurship. Sophia has also garnered success as a model for such iconic brands as Samantha Vega and Dolce & Gabbana, and has appeared on some of the foremost international runways. She has also appeared as a guest judge on Project Runway. She now runs her own website and is building her lifestyle brand. As the daughter of Golden Globe winner and Academy Award nominee Sylvester Stallone and model Jennifer Flavin, Sistine practically grew up in the entertainment and fashion industries. In addition, Sistine starred in her first feature film, 47 Meters Down, Uncaged, which hit theaters summer 2019, back when people went to the movie theaters. She has also appeared on covers of The Hollywood Reporter, Harper's Bazaar, and more. Off-duty, she spends her free time writing short films, riding Western-style horseback, and playing golf with her dad and sisters. These girls are unfiltered, unapologetic, and unbelievably unwaxed. Welcome to the show, Sistine and Sophia. Hi! First things first, how are you both doing during all of this crazy 2020 madness? You know, it's been a lot and it's been a lot for everyone, but Sophia and I kind of came to this realization recently that, you know, with all of this chaos happening in the world, the only thing that we can control is the environment within our own home and the environment in our walls. And it's been such a 
the silver lining through all of this is that we're all together as a family again. At this point, Sophie and I would have been moved out. My older sister would have been in college. So it's kind of nice that we're back together as one unit. Yeah, that is nice. I think a lot of people are kind of finding that like at home time with family and like discovering the like simplicity of that. It's a really nice thing. Or like if you're dating somebody and then you're like, forced to spend time with them more at home instead of like going out and being distracted at like bars or being, right. it's, it's like been the polar opposite, opposite of that. so <laughs> we don't have to worry about that part <laughs> yeah okay so are you guys like what is your your relationship status single taken um, it's complicated so I'm Sophia here it's, I don't know if you, our voices sound the same or different but I'm single as hell and yeah I am solo dolo right <laughs> oh, now oh yeah we are not doing well in the dating department as much as we've tried to succeed at it have you actually tried to date during this pandemic or have you just sworn it off? You know what? Yeah, we did in the beginning. So when we were starting this podcast, we we're like, you know, it'd be kind of funny to go on to a dating app, which we've never done before. During a pandemic. During a pandemic. Like, let's just see how this goes. Like, I don't know. Um, and so we were on one of the dating apps and we it kind of worked for a hot second. No, it worked for Sophia. It was an absolute fail all for right, me. All right. All right. But it still failed for me. I'm still single. I'm sitting here by myself or with just with you. But uh, yeah, it was, I don't think pandemic dating newly is the best idea to go. I mean, that is kind of a lot at once. But okay, first of all, what app was it? And why was it like kind of successful for one of you and not for the other? Um, We were on Raya, which is uh, a little bit not really my speed, I've figured you know? out. I think that I tried so hard to be too cool for school and picking the right pictures in the song. And I was like, you know what? These people don't get my humor. They don't get that I'm dressed up as Guy Fieri. And I think that's funny. <laughs> so I wasn't getting the matches that, you know, I was saying, I was putting myself out there saying yes to everyone. Sistine was on it a little bit before and I was the new um, new girl on it. So I think I kind of got like the lucky streak. And But it doesn't mean I got lucky with like the best guys I'll tell ever, you. I'll tell so. you exactly what happened. Sophia got all the yeses, and I'm pretty sure I emailed Raya about this problem. I'm pretty sure my app was glitching because I wasn't getting any yeses back. So there had to be some sort of error in the in the app, of course. Of course. That had to be the case. And by the way, actually, the algorithm totally pushes people that are new. So I think the trick is to, like, cancel your account and sign up again. But they Oh, my God, that makes sense. You're making me feel better. Yeah, I, I don't know. They also show you people in like Switzerland. I'm really not convinced. Oh, yeah. I'm totally unconvinced. And I realized throughout this dating app that I think the guy that writes he's an entrepreneur but realistically doesn't have a job is not my type. And that is pretty oh. much like 80% of the guys on Yes, there. entrepreneur of what? That is my question. Uh, <laughs> most of them are what we like to call slashies. Yes. Actor slash model slash dancer slash waiter. Oh, my God. That's what I got. I got One guy had his profile model, actor, lawyer, real estate agent, and, and like artist. I go, oh, how do you have the time? And there's nothing worse when a pretty guy tries to be, or any guy tries to be very funny on it by writing like work sometimes. Like, I, no. No, no, that doesn't work for me. I'm sorry, honey. Like, tell me what you actually do. And if it's nothing, write nothing. Yeah, exactly. Now, so you chose Raya. Is there a reason you picked Raya versus any of the other apps? I think it's because people were saying that there's some sort of extra security measure. I know that Sophia and I have fake Tinder profiles of ourselves, and I've never been on Tinder. Yeah. So I said, okay, if I'm out there catfishing people and not even knowing it, then at yeah. least there's this app that's, I don't know, right? Because Raya does some sort of like background check. It's kind of suspicious in its own way. Yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah, we were kind of, but the thing is, Sistine and I, our type isn't the athlete um, actor type at all. Like, we're not even really into that. So it was like, we got all of that in surplus and they're all nice guys, but we, we kind of we, shot ourselves we in the came foot back, All we came back with was some good podcast content. Really? <laughs> well, that's, sometimes that's all you need. Okay, wait, you mentioned type. Do you guys have a type? And if you do, is that the same type that you think you should marry? Ooh, Ooh. That's a good uh, yeah totally i guarantee my type is not what i want to marry right it's now. so funny that you said that because we just had dinner with our dad and he said verbatim he goes your type is me you should go out with people like me and i said unfortunately i date people like you but you are the opposite of what i want to end up with as much as i love the man and i'm like the pretty boy right now that i'm like oh they're really nice to look at and then i'm like oh long term i think that um it's not going to be. That's so interesting. Yeah, my mom choice. My mom always says that she doesn't like the guys that we go out with because they don't necessarily treat us as well as they think that we should be treated, which I totally agree with. So I say, mom, you're supposed to date the bad boys and you marry the good one. Absolutely. Yeah, you date fun, marry boring. You've got to yeah. kiss a lot of frogs before you find the one so you can check them off your list of like people Absolutely. you've experienced in your life. Because, I mean, listen, we've all done that. And then, Lauren, you're not married to the person necessarily you thought you'd be married to? No. I mean, Jen, yeah, Jen, <laughs> Jen likes to make jokes about it. But let's just say I would go after a very like different looking, I mean, that's really hard to say, actually, because I like a bunch of different types of guys. Like the looks were like all across the board. Yeah. But, you know, I ended up with somebody that is not like what I typically would go after, but he is kind of when you get down to it, like maybe on the surface, no, but when you get down to it, he he kind of is, though. Um, that's where I think for us, dating apps are not working is because we're saying no to these guys that could potentially be the perfect guy for us, but we're going just off of looks because that's all they give us. And that like quirky caption, whatever they have. And I know Sistina and I, our type is, I think overall, like someone that's funny because we're very much outgoing kind of loony people. We have our ideas and our brain going at a hundred miles an hour. Someone that's a good conversationalist, a good conversationalist um, smart, nice. Like uh, someone has like some manners still here in LA. I don't know. <laughs> Um, just things like that. I mean, we don't ask for a lot, but it, it is really, really hard to date. I mean, in quarantine adds that like extra, extra pressure. It absolutely does. Yeah. But so did you actually go on any first dates during quarantine or did it not make it that far? Yeah, I did. Um, Sophia did. <laughs> and I was sitting at home eating cheese puffs every night watching Housewives. That's such bullshit. No, she it's went true. on a couple. She went on a no, I, I definitely went on, I did go on a couple from that dating app and it was good. There was a couple second, third dates, but let I me mean, tell you what I did. Though. I'm back at square one. Now. I'll tell you what I did. I showed up at those dates, not telling the date that I was going to be there casually dining at the same restaurant at the same time. Wait, really? Like, yeah, while, while, no, I had my date, yeah while I was having my date, she would. Hold on. Be, let me preface so I don't sound like a lunatic. Um, I swear, not Ted Bundy vibes here. I just wanted to meet him. There was one guy that sort of stuck around, made a few couple dates here and there with Sophia, and I said, I want to meet the guy. And I just so happened to find out the time and place, and I... Uh... And this is the problem. I'm the person, like, I don't introduce anyone into my into my family until I feel, like, good with them. And she, being... Uh... My little sister just wanted to definitely I'm a little know. Sherlock Holmes over here. She figured out the time and the place. And she's sitting in the background. I find her. 
he doesn't really see her. And she's putting up a thumbs up or a thumbs down, depending on how he <laughs> And then this is what <laughs> I do. Is. I go up to their table with the waiter's towel on my arm, and I try to take their order. And I'm cracking up. And he was just, not in was the not mood. having it. I think that's actually a great way to filter people because if they think that's funny, then they might be that funny guy you want to end up with. That that could be the person you marry. Exactly. Totally. And guess what? He thought it wasn't funny. He kept mm. saying we bamboozled him. I don't know who uses the word bamboozle in the day and age, but that's what he repeated to me 12 times that night. Ugh. And that was last night. <laughs> I just feel like it's yeah, like lack of a sense of humor. And also it just seems like, you know, maybe if you're caught off guard, fine because it's obviously a little bit of a surprise but like be a good sport about it like this is sister. if you want to continue to date this girl you're gonna have to like be friends with this person like start off on a good foot smile like laugh about it it's not the end i would have been so okay with the fake laugh i didn't even get that nothing it was zero i was cracking up but (laughs) very one-sided on that night Well, okay. So do you guys like, I mean, that sounds like a little bit of a dating disaster, but whatever. Everyone has them. Do you enjoy dating? A lot of people hate dating. Some people really like it. And like, are you fans of first dates or do you dread them? How do you guys feel about it? You know what? It's a good question. Christine and I did have this conversation the other day and I think we've come to the conclusion that we definitely both like the adrenaline that you get from a first date. Like we don't get nervous. We actually get really excited. It's fun. I'm I'm more nervous about a second or third date because you sort of already know this person and you know you when you get that feeling of butterflies that shows that you really like this person or you like going out with them. So I, I love first dates and first impressions. I think yeah. we, we sort de- of kill we, it in that department. We do. We don't. We definitely don't shy away from a first date. It's the second and third date where we're a little like, oh, no, <laughs> this could go somewhere. Well, yeah. And then also you kind of have to measure up to the first date. So if it was like an amazing first date, I feel like unless that this is just me and this is why I'm probably still single too, it's that now I'm like, oh, wait. They want to see me again. Now I have to be as charming as the first time. Or like, maybe they won't. Totally. Oh my god. Totally. And the problem is sometimes Sophia and I will do too much of a sing song dance, try to entertain, try to be our, you know, use our funniest punch lines and pickup lines. And then on a second or third date, we go, you know what, let's take a back seat and sort of let them control the show. And then when we realize that they simply cannot, we go, ooh, ooh. we bit off more than we could chew with this one. <laughs> Yeah. And then also it's like, what if you do try to take a backseat on the second date and they're like, well, why are you, it seems like you're backing off potentially. Yeah. It's rare to kind of be that your true form, natural self right off the bat. Cause I feel like you're kind of nervous and you're giddy. So you'll just talk and you'll say everything just to make that person like you. And then you try to take a backseat. It's so defeating when they just can't hold the conversation or they think you're upset or they think, oh, she was like, maybe like had one too many cocktails that night. And like, that's why she has a bigger personality. But yeah, if you can make it past like a third date and you're still entertaining, uh, good on you, honestly. Um, and you guys mentioned like introducing to the family and like, okay, obviously you kind of like surprised that family introduction to the sister. I mean, I think like mom and dad is kind of like a bigger deal than like a sister yeah. or a brother. I mean, it's sort of similar, but like even friends is a little less like. Oh, for sure. Friends is no big deal. For us, it's so funny because we always say you don't just date. Sophia and I you're dating the family so when you meet us it's a very it's it's a lot because we all sort of require something different like my little sister wants him to be super goofy and handsome and my mom wants a gentleman that is very polite that says Mr. Mrs. Stallone and my dad wants a firm handshake and I want someone funny like it's just it's a lot so for these poor these poor guys coming into the lines done with us these poor boys have to go through like hoops and 
ducks and tries to if you if you can get through all five of us and hit it You're then you've gem. made it if you can't get through like maybe you get four out of five it's still not gonna can work. you tell why we're still single yeah well i was gonna ask you that like how does this even happen like how do all people I know. well you know what it really realistically it sounds a lot harder than it is yeah it's Our, happened i it's promise ha- we've, had happened. <laughs> we've had boyfriends it really isn't that hard. We are such a welcoming, outgoing family. And I think people that come into our home, just get they, they get totally intimidated. And it's a lot to handle. So you have to have that confidence. And a lot of people just don't have that right outside. Even if I pre I go, hey, just letting you know, we're going to be talking. Our yelling is endearing. It's not like we're fighting with each other. And it's you just have to see who can go with it. So do you tell people right off the bat who your dad and mom are, or do you like let them Google you? How does this unfold? So it's sort of an interesting way that we've sort of determined whether people date us for the name or date us because they genuinely want to know us. On a first date, if a guy brings up my dad and talks about how he is an aspiring actor, I've actually had a guy bring a resume. Uh -uh. Yeah. Yeah. So then that's right off the bat. You just know that they're in it for the wrong reason. And I sort of, chuckle it off and say you know he won't even put me in a movie so i doubt he's gonna put you in a movie but i'll try my best uh thank you good night and then you can tell that if he's into us if he's sort of just casually you know we're casually talking about each other's families and he asks a question so really it's it's we can pick up on these little hints we've gone through enough dates to know who's real and who's not it's just an energy thing too And then, so like in introducing to the family, like for you, there's an extra layer of like maybe protection or a filtering process of that. Do you think you guys wait a little bit longer or do you feel like in general, like what do you think is a good time to wait? Well, it's so funny because we don't, we're so, at least for me, I'm such an open book. I'm like, come meet everyone. Sistine has brought her guys that she actually was like ended up dating over after the second date yeah just like I, I don't care. I don't view like myself and and my potential relationships as something more yeah. like superior or guarded in I, any way yeah. so I'm sort of like oh yeah just you know come and over. for me it's for me it's that I I don't even look at it as that either like I'm not thinking oh we're superior but I'm so much more closed off about who we invite into the family because I find it such a big deal. And so I won't bring someone over until like we're dating for three months. <laughs> and so it's totally different. And we both like it works for each of us. But yeah, I feel like that's just it's a personality thing or whatever you prefer. Do you guys think it's like a red flag if someone beside take the fact out that your dad, Sylvester Stallone, like I, you know, everyone wants to probably meet, especially dudes. Like they're like, I want to meet fucking Rocky. Like yeah. obviously. Beyond that, just in general, like, do you think it's weird or a red flag if someone like wants to meet your family too soon? Like, would that weird you out? Or do you think like there's an appropriate time for that? Oh, definitely. I I definitely I yeah, you can again, you can kind of just tell if someone's in it for the wrong reasons. But sometimes I'm I'm like such a lover and I'll dive head first into the shallow end when it comes to relationships so I'm like open arms open heart come on in like so and I'm so not like that so, I'm like I'm yeah, like brick wall and I tall. would say it's a red flag we're still learning these red flags normally I'm, I'm one to swat them out of my face but yeah. I'm, I'm learning to grasp them but it is interesting to try to figure out whether someone wants to meet our family because they genuinely just want to meet the our other half basically and like our mm-hmm. older life or if they want to meet the dad and you know what you can kind of tell I don't mind bringing someone into the house and then meeting our dad or our parents and you can tell if how the relationship between the guy my dad and him are going to tell if it's like gonna work out but yeah 
Well, and then do you wait also to tell them about the podcast? I feel like there's like a double whammy. Like you are a part of the Stallone family and then you also have a podcast where you talk about your lives. Is that something that intimidates your dates or do you hold on to that? I mean, I guess everyone has Google, so it's hard to hold on to anything. You know, it does and it doesn't. I feel like a lot of people think it's really fun and they don't really, they don't care. But I have actually went on a date with a a guy before where I talked about him on the podcast and he acted like he wasn't that intimidated. I did warn him about it, but um, he definitely listened to it. And he's like, we talked about him. And this is the Sorry. funniest part is that he comes back to me because it's kind of your own therapy session when you're on the podcast. You kind of can just vent about anything. Um, and this poor guy comes up to me. He goes, I had no idea that I did a- X, Y, and Z. I promise I'll do better on that. He's like, I didn't know I was a bad communicator and texter. I'm really sorry. I mean, he took it like a champ. And I felt so bad because he, is an, he was a nice guy. But um, they, yeah, it's just an extra layer of publicity that they need to probably deal with. That is awesome that he reacted that way because he could have been a dick and been like, why are you talking about me? But like the fact that he's like, I'll try to do better. That's cute. I know. And he didn't take it personally. I mean, a shame it didn't end up working out, but it did give me some hope that, okay, some of these guys are not going to take this. And I wasn't shitting on him, but like he'll take it and go, oh, okay. I actually do need to like work on that. Yeah. That's mature. Yeah. I, I feel like they're that like, that layer of the podcast, it could pro- pose an issue like Jen that people have definitely been like, don't talk about me on your show. To oh you. my gosh. And or, or they'll find out that I have a podcast. Like at one point I had it in the profile because I was just calling it out and like, I wanted them to be aware. And then I removed it because I was like, maybe they won't like me if they see that because it seems to be an issue. And then of course it always comes up because how can it not? And yeah. then they're like, well, I don't know how I feel. One guy called me a dating narc and that I was going to call him. No way. But the, hold on. Yeah. That is so unfair because it's your job and, and you guys like to be honest and you want to share with your listeners your personal life, which I think is so, you know, honorable it's brave, yeah. and it's brave. And it's like, if you don't want it, don't date me. Well, I will tell you this. It's narrowed the pool down a lot. Um, it really, good yeah, it really requires a confident guy who a trusts that I'm not going to talk poorly about them and share our inner, you know, details of our relationship, but also that like they, I think they should support what I'm doing. Like be proud of this. Like this is something 1000 created and we produce and we do all the time. And like, I've also been doing this longer than I've known them. So jump on board or basically fuck off. Exactly. Amen, sister. And you know what? It filters out the people that you want in your life and don't. I mean, the guy that's the most confident for you can handle that you have a podcast just like you can handle his shit. Exactly. Thank you for getting on board with that. And also, this is what you have to look forward to. Oh, Um, lovely. As if it wasn't hard enough. (laughs) Yeah, I know. We have an extra layer. Let's go. You guys, I, when I met, we had been doing our show for like, I don't know, not very long when I first met the guy, my husband now, but like we had had shows where I talked about dating and all that. And then on one of our shows, I talked about my first date with my husband. I don't know that he ever even listened, even though the friend that we were interviewing is a comedian. That's like a mutual friend of all of ours. But like he, this is the thing. Like, is this person going to really listen to every single one of your shows? Like they're just going to trust that you're talking about your life and that, you know, of course we're talking about dating and relationships. So stuff's going to come up. Like, my guy has probably listened to like four of my shows. Not that he's not supporting, but it's not right. like he's listening to be like, what are you saying about me? Like, he, way, I think that's the best case scenario. I'm like, yeah. listen here and there. You don't have to listen to all of it because you will be brought up in ways you probably won't like. 
So just listen to the few. I'll, I'll select the ones I want you to hear. Exactly. And I we even got this random text. Jen, do you remember this? Somebody texted my husband like, your girl, before we got married, like, your girl talks about you on the show. Like, you no. don't know you don't know me, but you should know that she says really personal things about you. And she's <gasps> for the wrong reason. All this oh crazy. God. Okay. So inappropriate. Way out of boundaries. <laughs> totally. And such a line. Line. It was, it was, first of all, I don't even know where it was coming from. And second of all, he still was like, okay. And like <laughs> turned a blind eye. It was yes, just like, that was yeah, you're just like, come on. And also he, I mean, he knows that we're honest on this show. There's no point in even being having a show or a podcast like this, unless you're just going to like give people you it's relatable. You want to tell yeah. people you're really feeling because we all get each other. We're all going through it. That's why we say on our show, it takes a village to date. Do you? And you realize how many people since we started the show, even though our podcast isn't primarily about only dating, we've had a couple episodes about it everyone's going through it like honestly 99 yeah. of our questions involve oh i have a boyfriend and he doesn't like i can me relate to what you felt i'm here. a single girl yeah and it's it's crazy it does take a village and as much advice as you can get from like every source it's still everyone's problem at the end of the day or like their thing that they always think about absolutely i mean listen again that is why we created this show and this is what we all talk to our girlfriends about or we go to our guy friends for the guy perspective or we wonder who guys even go to because those people need some help but as we're all you know trying to figure this out we want to know have you ever had like a great date if so tell us about your best date and also feel free to tell us about your worst date Ooh, I probably could win in the worst date. Sophia, why don't you take it over? I can the give best I can date. give a quick first and second horrible date story. My one of the dates that was really really good was this guy picked me up. He set up this beautiful picnic on the beach, and then we went to this other place that was a lookout. And then he had like this dessert that was my favorite that I mentioned on the first date in the back seat that was still cool. Like there were so many little details that he brought, like my favorite wine, and it was like our third date. And he set up this entire day and I've never had someone put so much thought and so much detail into everything that I liked. Like the, my favorite color of something like was involved in it and like my favorite color of this. And yeah. it was just like, it was nice that someone listened, but I'll say one of my worst dates personally, this is just so bad. I went to Manhattan beach and I never really go to that area. And he was like, Oh, dress cute and dress. I put on a dress. And he first said I looked overdressed and then he proceeded to give me a bike that was totally broken that literally kind of dismembered in the middle on the way to Redondo Beach. I didn't even know we were going to go biking. Um, our dinner was planned at 7. We didn't get to go eat food until 1130. No. Um, and he hugged me at the end of the day, pat my back, says, thanks. Oh, no, I actually beat that, believe it or not. I, I, wow. beat, that. I beat that big time. Hi. Hi. Fly someone across the country, okay? And we go to a restaurant that I booked. And we go to sit down to eat, and the person that I was seeing proceeds to sprint out of the restaurant right as we sit down. He calls me from outside. I'm sitting there confused with a bottle of wine, not, not knowing what's going on. And he goes, my ex is in there. And I said, why are you so concerned? He goes, I can't eat there anymore. And so we had to leave. That was yep. mine. And then she said hello to me as I was leaving, because she knew she was, was about oh, her. Oh, God. Hold on. Stop. Yeah. Why? Okay. 
first of all, that's very nice of you to do all those things. And I'm just going to say, I don't think women should be afraid to do stuff like that because I think a lot of girls, like you guys are, you're an unwaxed podcast, right? Like you're unfiltered. You're just like unapologetically you. And I don't feel like women, I feel like women have a hard time doing that. They feel like if they do take the first step, make the first move, make an effort like that, at any stage, they're going to look desperate or they're going to scare people off. So first of all, I applaud you for doing that. But a red flag mage, like you obviously, you don't want to like be talking about your ex, like you're in love with them still, but you also don't want to like be so afraid or bash them. There's a happy medium. Do you think that's a red flag? Like if someone runs from the ex, like what, first of all, why was he so afraid? And second of all, do you now have that on your red flag list? Because you should. Oh my God, a hundred percent. So my first reaction was, he goes, he's in, she's in there. I go, so, so what? If it's an ex, it's an ex. I, like I like to always keep things very platonic with my exes and keep things on very good terms. So I was very, it was a definite red flag. I said, okay, either you're still seeing this person or you're not over this person. And I'm sitting here now alone with a bolognese and a red wine, not knowing what to do. So yes, that was a very big red flag. (laughs) And for future red flags, I always sort of, you know, notice if a guy on a first, second or third date mentions his ex, um, that's another red flag. So I I definitely steer away from that because Mm -hmm. that's, I think that's very strange if a man early on is talking about his previous relationship from over a year ago. Right. Because like, why is he still holding on to that? And also, I really want to talk about the logistics of this because if you flew this guy in, what was his ex doing in the restaurant where you were? You know, that is a great question. That is a great question. We don't it's, know. it's one of those, uh, what do you call it when it's just a, a perfect storm, but the opposite of a perfect storm? It was just a storm <laughs> of things that happened. Yeah, it, it was one of those and she weird. Didn't, and she's not even from there. I know. The it was just part. one of those weird moments. And I can't take full credit for flying him out. It was sort of a, a, a thing we've done, to, we did together. But yeah, it was it was a it was an interesting weekend. Yeah. Okay. Another thing I, I bring up is also that when a guy doesn't pay for the first date when he invited you to the dinner, which we've had um, multiple times. <gasps> that is. Just, um, what do you think that is? Because they assume you're a certain something, maybe because of the family you come from. So they're like, "Well, you can take care of it." Yeah. Well, so, okay, there was this one date. This is actually another bad date story. And this guy was super nice. He invited me out. He chose the restaurant. He picked me up, and by the end of the date. He goes, you know what? You're a strong, independent woman. How about you cover the bill? Or like we can split. And then he felt bad and he saw like, let's split. And I go, you know what? No, no, no. I, look, I'm all about like, I can pay for it. I can do it. But I think it is nice when a man does pick up the bill when he asks you out to dinner. Yeah, it's old like, school. It's old school. I appreciate the old schoolness. And you know, what? I was like, you know what? No, I am a strong, independent woman. I don't know what has to do with anything but I'll cover it. Don't worry. Um, I think that was kind of a red flag in itself for me. I mean, I don't know if that's for everybody, but that, well, I think, okay. The way he did it is the red flag exactly. because he like gaslit you. He was like, you're a strong independent woman. So you pay the bill. He like fucking back into a corner. You, if you are really a dude that's trying to be all about equality and like make sure that everyone's voice is being heard, then you would have a different approach. You would be like, you know what? 
I asked you out and I would love to pay for this meal, but I understand that some women might not be okay with that. Is that something that you want to talk to me about? Do you like splitting the bill? Do you want to pay because you feel like you need to be independent? Like you tell me. I will say, because Sistine and I are very, very independent women in general. Like we've always had our lives going on and we do like to control things. Um, we don't mind splitting the bill, but we will make that known. Like we definitely won't shy away. And most like 99% of the time, the guy does do it for us. But if we felt the need that we're like, okay, we can actually take care of this on our own as well. We don't mind speaking up about it. But I think in this scenario, I wasn't planning on going to dinner in the first place and paying for something, but you invited me out. You picked me up. You chose this really nice restaurant and you were like, order whatever you want. And by the end of it, you tell me to pay for it. I just think it, it sort of falls up under the whole gentleman thing, you know, opening car doors and, you know, uh, pulling up the we're, chair. We're, we, we're so, we love all of We like of those. the classic, like. Yeah. So I think that sort of just falls under that category. So since you guys also show up on each other's dates, do you also tell each other like, hey, that's a major red flag. And is there ever a time where like one of you didn't see it and the other one had to point it out? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Let me tell you, Sophia's sort of a wizard with red flags. Yeah. I, I put on blackout glasses so they I can't see any sort of red flags. I see no flag colors at all. Yeah. Sophia, She's a hopeless romantic. Sophia right off the bat after a first date will say, "That's not a good egg." I'm I'm instantly a pessimist with that. And I always say you're wrong, and guess what? Time tells she's always right. I am she's never been wrong. That's true. What is it? What is it that you're seeing? Like, are there any telltale signs? Like, are there like maybe you just get a vibe, but are there any consistent like he did that? They always do A, B, and C. I'm really good at telling when someone's being cocky versus confident and genuine. And I really, Sistine is such a person. Like, I I think this is where we we balance each other out is that she is such a big heart with everybody and wants to fix everyone. I almost get too excited and about can, the date and the individual. That I just ignore certain things that and for me, shouldn't be ignored. I'm the opposite where I still am, I'm a very caring person, but I can see when something is draining my sister and it's not actually a healthy thing. Like he's not making any progression. He's just like using her love. And so I'm a fixer. What she's can a I fixer. Say? I'm a I'm not <laughs> but I think the red flags that I've seen with Sistine's relationships is just basically them being genuine, them using her time as kind of like they're wasting her time i, I just like i'm you, just I I'm, like, just I'm just the temporary band-aid you, you know what I, do I always say though is that your instinct is everything is everything if you feel that on the first date or second date or third date that something you really like this guy but there's something off trust your intuition trust it because every time that comes back around and bites you in the ass. But now, do you believe in signs the opposite way? Like, have you ever met someone you're like, oh my gosh, that thing seems like, oh, it could be my person. Yep. I I search for things that have problems because then I say I can fix them and possibly create a solution. But if things are working out too well, I'm waiting for something bad to happen. Because I said, this is just too good to be yeah. true. There are times where I've like been on dates with guys. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's perfect he's everything and I you know what the problem is sometimes I expect the flaw and maybe that's why sometimes we're more single than we should be because we expect something bad to happen well I think that's kind of normal because it's like it takes one person so there's gonna be so many no's or frogs before you get to the prince really and that so I mean could it be that 
your instinct is right or that it just didn't work out for other reasons or maybe it's a combination of all of those things and it's not one but like those things I think are pretty normal and even even when you do meet the one there's always something nothing's ever perfect it's just that yes for whatever reason maybe that one was easier or timing was right or right right and I do believe that there's sometimes red flags like you there are Every, I think everyone has their own red flags in a way. Like whether that's something very severe where they're like still texting their ex or talking to their ex while you guys are dating or maybe an insecurity you have. It's really just dependent on what you're comfortable with. And sometimes you kind of want those, you don't want someone to be totally perfect. I think life is not perfect. Yeah. You're never going to get the perfect 10 out of 10 all the time. Like that's so unrealistic. Like we all have our issues and it's just whether or not you can handle them or you want to be with them. And luckily you guys have a podcast where you can like have experts and people on the show to like help walk you through this, whether it's dating or just real life. I mean, we talk about dating and relationships and we like literally will, we'll have people on the show where we're like, well, this person's going to be good because we have a billion questions personally to ask them. So your Unwaxed podcast, like it's kind of covers everything, just like being real and being raw. What inspired you to create this type of show? Yeah, that that's a perfect, basically, description of the podcast. It's sort of what we really wanted to get away is every episode, you learn something different. We didn't want it to be one tone. We didn't want it to be about sex or dating or, or, or just about, you know, feminism. We wanted it to be a combination of all of it. Sophia had the idea of starting a podcast such a long time ago. And I was, of course, that annoying younger sister poking her, let me do it, let me do it until she eventually <laughs> gave in and said, okay, fine. So when we pitched this to Podcast One and we, we sold it, it was just such an exciting uh, accumulation of events. And we've had so much fun doing it. We've met such incredible guests and we can't wait for each week to record and, and release. And, and the best part about all of it is we've never really interacted with our following ever. I mean, we're such a, I think it's such an Enigma. Interest- we, we don't yeah. want to talk about things personally. And the best part is really getting to be able to be our genuine selves and, and answer respond to and it. answer listener questions and read people that are DMing us saying how much, you know, it means to them. And it's just, it's all really cool. We love that. So what is the story behind the name? Why are we unwaxed? Oh yeah. Well, what do you think it means? You just, um, bearing it all and don't give a damn. I don't know. What is it? I love, well, it's funny because yes. every person has their own description. Some people look at us like, really your own wax down there. And some people think it's about, you know, owning your body hair. And some people think it's about being natural and raw. And and Cecilia and I decided, one, it's a really funny title and it it does catch people's eye when you say it. But it also just means we're raw, we're real, we're natural. Um, We're just going to keep it 100. I mean, there's nothing going to be filtered, shaved. I don't know. But obviously, (laughs) (laughs) but we, uh, we just think it was a very fun way of kind of putting something like that into words. Yeah, I I think unwaxed, it's totally catchy. And it does it means like, you're not afraid to do something that might not be like what everyone else is doing. And you're gonna just be raw and real and you and 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 then it also I think it kind of lets people know that like, you're going to be listening to a certain type of content. Like you're going to hear some juicy things. You're going to hear some things that might be um, provocative in a way that, that not just like sexually, that just makes you think that provokes you to think. So what else do they need to know about the show? Like what can they expect to hear when they're listening to unwaxed? 
I mean, I feel like other things that they can expect is for us to talk about mental health, like Cecilia and I go through things on our own that we've never even talked about publicly that we're open to sharing about. We're talk. We just had a discussion with a person that was a vaginal rejuvenist and like that whole world that we didn't even really know anything about. It's just really every single episode is something different. And yeah, we definitely want to use this platform to be more vulnerable and talk yeah. about a lot of issues that, that are- people have and say, yeah, hi, we have them too. We're going to, we definitely want to do a po- episode about our insecurity with our bodies and, and growing up in our early twenties and dealing with that and how men have like affected the way we look at ourselves and how social media but has affected that. at the same that. time, we want to keep this podcast where it's something that people can escape to as well. Like it's not going to be so polarizing. It's not going to be anything that people are going to be upset about. Like we're yeah. not, we're not extremely opinionated people. And that's why we love way, to have so. men on too, just yeah. to have the males perspective we just really like to hear all and you recently had clint coley from advice from fuckboy on what was your favorite tip that he gave you clint coley's the best you know he's so funny he said that the way that i approach things he goes you're kind of toxic and i think that was the best i I think i think everything that he says it's he's so funny like he was one of uh the first people i met in this podcast world it was really cool to have him on i think everything you just take it for it with a grain of salt um i think one of the best advice that he gave me was just kind of knowing how to finesse one like a oh fuck boy, I, I got it <laughs> the best thing he told us was just like women like to hear a compliment from a man when say they're going on a date or if a guy goes oh my god you look so beautiful he goes men love compliments too and he says he doesn't feel that women do that enough and that they should own the compliment that they give because a man loves to hear oh my god you know you, you look, look so handsome your hair looks so great did you just get it cut so that's what I started doing since Clinton told me to. He goes, compliment a man. It goes far with them because they feel like they don't hear it enough. He's so right, too. And uh-huh. he even said, I mean, we're going to get him on this show because there's so much like that advice he has to give. But he even went further with that and was like, if you're going to compliment a man, make him feel cute and sexy because uh-huh. we men are not sexualized as much as women are and they want to feel that way. But if it's the reverse and so like to a dude, you would say like, um, you're really cute, but you wouldn't say that a dude wouldn't say that to a girl because it comes off creepy. You then you yeah. pick a detail and you say like, instead of like, damn, you're fine to a girl, you'd be like, you have really pretty eyelashes. They're so exactly. long. Like if you go for a detail and it feels like you're paying attention and less creepy. So there's like a, there's an art to the compliment too. I mean, he is like, he is awesome. And he is like, you said he, like a formal, former fuck boy. And so did he. Yeah. So he was giving really good tips about how to like spot them and how to like, that was one of our best episodes. Yeah. It was so fun because he was so right on that. And and you get to pick up like women like to be complimented on how they're intellectual or they're funny or just as much as a man needs advice on how to take out a woman, like women need advice too. And I love that Clint gave that perspective because it, so many girls DM'd us like, oh my God, like it worked. Clint helped. It helped yeah. my relationship, helped my boyfriend. So it's awesome. It's also back to that whole thing, like how you invited that guy to the restaurant and flew him across the country. Like you, you kind of took the reins. Like Clint was giving permission to do that sort of a yeah. thing. And I think that that's should also, let's reiterate that. Like if you want to DM a dude, like he's into that. He said he loves that. He thinks it's great. Oh, if you want to. Yeah. I definitely, you know what it is. Thank God I have her and she has me. 
we are each other's biggest motivators. Obviously in the beginning, you're so hesitant about reaching out to that person, but it's because someone's put that in their head that a girl can't be, make the first move or a girl can't make the first call or ask a guy out. So Sistine and I will like, you know, if we're interested in the guy, we'll go, hey, sis, DM him or reach out to him. I, I love when women make the first yeah, move. Yeah, and guess I what? Love Guys it. love it too. Guys genuinely love when a girl is confident and they can make the first move. And I think also maybe this is why dating apps are a little bit challenging is because there's so many people out there that it's very like passive. You're just swiping here and there. There's always more options. But if you go after somebody directly and you send them a DM, it's like you singled them out. You have your eye on them. You pick them. And it's kind of the same thing with compliments. Like you shouldn't give just like a basic compliment, like, oh, you're so fine. And also that gives me the heebie-jeebies. I can't even handle it. But if somebody says something specific about you or your intellect or your you know physicality, or you say it about them, it hits harder because you're like, wow, you notice me, you appreciate the uniqueness of me. And it just, I think, goes so much further. I totally agree. I love the attention to detail. And I think that it really shows that you do care about and you're listening to that person. So let's say you guys like, you dodge the fuck boy, you've introduced to the family, you're like, you know, you 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 all your sisters approve, like, what you get to a point where you've got to make like a decision, like, do we get serious? Or do we not like, what are the deal breakers that get you to decide like no more with this guy or let's keep going? Do you have a set of deal breakers that just have to be made? I think that my deal breaker is that if he can't, I know it goes back to the family, but we're so close and so tight knit that if he can't accept that we're going to sit on a Friday night and do a puzzle and drink some wine as a group. I'm sorry. I, that's my yeah. deal breaker. You know, my deal, my deal breaker is usually, and this is what I think is the hardest part about dating is being able to be your full real self. If I still feel like I can't genuinely, I'm super goofy in real life. Like when I'm just being myself, I'm a total dork. Like I read fantasy books. Like I'm so nerdy. And if he can't, if I can't, don't feel comfortable being that with him at that oh, point. Oh yeah, if you're then, putting out on a front. Yeah, so. I, like I want to feel like I can li- sit on a couch, make funny faces and do like impersonations without feeling judged. Like I want to have that relationship rather than something that's too cool for school. putting on a show. So basically time. you want to be unwaxed around the person. Totally. I just want to be real. We're trying to just look for an unwaxed relationship. Yeah, what is going so on here? It's so hard. Oh, man. You guys are awesome. Tell everyone what they can expect in the future from your show, from you guys. What can we look forward to? Looking forward to lots of dating advice, life advice. We're going to talk about a lot of health and fitness coming up. It's fun. It's exciting. I mean, we've had the most fun doing it. I hope everyone comes listens. It's just a and we do listen to everyone's responses too we like we hear what people want to hear and what they want us to say and And we're interacting you dm us we're responding and you know what sustina every single week it's kind of exciting for us because we don't really know what's next sometimes and so it just as much as like the listeners are waiting to hear what's coming up like so are we (laughs) good it keeps it it keeps it real it keeps it exciting you guys are you're the facilitators of the show but you're just like everyone listening and that's the whole point that's why we do this show too we're all in it together it does take a village and if you guys want to dm and send messages and respond and talk and correspond with sistine and sophia where remind them we're all where they can find you on the socials so my instagram is sistine stallone sophia's you can find on sophia stallone and our unwaxed instagram is just unwaxed podcast it's on instagram twitter all that good stuff 
All right, you guys. Thank you so much. You guys were awesome. We love the show and we loved having you on here too. And we know uh, all thank you for having thank us. You. We had so much fun. We had so much fun too. And don't forget, you guys, to tune in next week for an all new episode where we talk more dating and relationshipy stuff. And if you want to join the class of master daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at Complicated Show. And it's complicated wherever you get your podcast to rate and comment and tell all your friends and you can find me at jennifer golden on all the social meds and you can find me at lauren leonelli on all the social meds as well we'll be back next week love you long time you're listening to it's complicated with your hosts jennifer golden and lauren leonelli 